The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language, dumb ideas, politics, conspiracies, people with the heads of horses, secret societies, gronk 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 jevd kogedi kjwhfogbmhsbfdv, I am broken. Friday the 13th of November 2020, in this second End of Spring 2020 series episode, kinda. I'm joined by Cam Smith on the Twitters, he's Sexenheimer, and we're going down some deep, deep conspiracy rabbit holes. To understand this stuff, you have to understand so much dumb shit. Uh, We hear how this ain't gonna end anytime soon. I feel like it's gonna be here for a while. And this woman makes, I think, an important point. What do you fucking think it is? What do you think it is? Hello, I'm Still Gerrigan. This is the 9pm Rabbit Hole Cave Dive with Cam Smith. Okay, Cam, when I started to put this episode together, I thought, like, how the fuck do we do this, right? Because <laughs> once you start with even one of these mad ideas, you end up with a dozen connections you have to explain and they've all got connections and pretty soon you've got this explode. Wait, should I call you Mr. Sexenheimer? Uh, just just Cam is fine. It's Cam, it is Cam Smith. <laughs> okay, Cam. Right, just, just checking. Anyway, I figured the best idea might just, okay, let's pick a random thing, see where it leads us. And I, I must say, thanks for sending some starting points. The one I'm going to kick off with is uh, Fiona McMurdo. Who is she? She is a real estate agent uh, turned QAnon, oh, really? QAnon decoder from Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> well, here's uh, a quick two minutes of her. So we have these three families and they were all master of the horse. Interesting. Especially given one of my Facebook friends and an Anon, a kick-ass, hard-working, deep-researching Anon. Her family is one of the families that have been harvested by the demons. They told you, alien, uh, angels and demons, right? Angels and demons. You read the book, seen the movie, get on it. Now... She tells me that her brother, who was in the American military, used to, of course, say some pretty crazy shit to her that she didn't really believe. But she knew that he had to get it out, so she listened. But she didn't really question him, right? Now, he told her that he... Because she would have thought, like most people would have thought, oh, he's a fucking conspiracy theorist or he's lost the plot or fucking whatever, right? So he told her that in he went into a chamber and was on the moon like that, all right? We've all heard about the jump room, we call it, all right? Now, the visitations he gets and the demonic he's seen, as in the head honcho demonic, is a hybrid. It has the body of a man and the head of a horse. So if you want to know the kind of shit that's going around in my brain, that's the kind of shit I'm trying to decode and work out. Also, we've got the four horses, the the four horses in scripture, 
and horses can also mean esoterically, if that's the correct term, time travel. Okay? Now, I don't believe for one minute these people were on the fucking moon. I don't believe that at all. I think they were just in this big fuck-off ship and they were MKUltra to believe they were. All right? Okay, a lot, well, a lot there. Uh, we've got families that have been harvested by the demon, the jump room to the moon, which I would like to have one, quite frankly, visitations from someone, horse-headed humans who are not Bojack Horseman, horses as a sign of time travel, and, of course, an old favourite, MK Ultra. Uh, okay, Cam, where do you want to start? What's going on here? There's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, all of that basically comes back to a lot of decoding of symbolism that she's doing, where right. every everything in this in the QAnon world is sort of is drenched in symbolism, and so they think that the everything that happens in the world is a symbol for something that's really happening. So at some point, there's been some horses involved somewhere. I think there was some topic she was looking into. I've seen her explain her research method, which is to like jump onto Wikipedia find something interesting and then just keep clicking through until you start Click, to put yeah. it together. And at some well, point that's she's gone on the, the, the web of everything. You know, we invented the World Wide Web. It connects all knowledge or something. Yeah. So uh, um, that's it's some, it's somewhere there's there were horses were mentioned more than once and she's realised, all right, horses are significant. Right. Not the fact that they were the source of our power and mechanical force for a, like several millennia. No. <laughs> I think it's all just quite arbitrary what becomes important. Now, I should say MK Ultra was a real thing. It was a bunch of experiments, mind control experiments that the CIA did with LSD, with acid, and some of that involved them illegally giving it to patients at a Canadian mental hospital. So mm. that is actually a thing. Yeah, I think for the most part they were giving it to just the other CIA agents. And if you look into MKUltra, it's, there's some funny parts where they're basically just pranking each other, <laughs> giving, <laughs> oh, giving yeah. each other acid. But then there are also some tragic parts. Like there's, um, I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary series Wormwood, that's on Netflix is quite interesting. It's no. about uh, the son of a CIA agent who died uh, as part of the MKUltra experiments. Well, where- yeah, I mean, the, the doses they were giving. Sorry, I interrupted, but they were giving massive doses. Yeah. So this guy. I, 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 I also, I understand. Yeah, this guy ended up going out a window, and then it's not clear, like, how that had happened. Mm. But uh, a lot of dodginess going on. But in. So it's a, it is a real thing, but sort of in the conspiratorial mind, it's transformed into this whole other, I guess it's transformed into what they were sort of planning to, what they wanted to find out. It's, can we control someone's mind? Uh, <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> no. And they sort of found out, you know, we definitely can't control people's minds by just dosing them <laughs> with acid. Dosing them with acid. And uh, I guess... In the conspiratorial mindset, though, it becomes, you know, can we control someone's mind by shooting a laser through their window and, you know, and doing all of this stuff to them? It all adds up. Look, Ms. McMurdo, as you say, she tries to interpret 
Well, I was going to say current news stories, but pretty much everything she stumbles across in light of all of these connections and conspiracies. Here's another example. The Royal Danish Air Force and Joint Arctic Command and the Joint Rescue Coordination Centre teamed up to rescue six stranded sailors from Greenland. That's huge. Dutch Patriot tweeted, video of the rescued children in Germany. The plane was on the way to Spain. I don't have time to explain Spain. Let's just say they're cunts. So do we know why they're cunts in Spain? I do know this because I got oh. bus- I got busted by the QAnon Australia people putting these <laughs> videos up the other day. I've been uh-huh. doing it for months yeah. without any of them noticing and eventually someone did notice and Fiona was one of the people that noticed and she got in touch with me and said, yeah, look, I know you're taking the piss, but uh, thanks for spreading the, the message. But because right. we've... Because we now have this rapport, I could ask her today why uh, they cunts in Spain. <laughs> huh. And it, it all comes back to sort of Illuminati bloodlines. Uh, oh, of course. And, and the Vatican. And it all comes back to fallen angels. So the She's Nephilim. pretty big on the angels and demons stuff we heard before. Yeah. So there is a, there's this huge sort of religious aspect to a lot of it that sometimes goes unnoticed, I feel, just because it's often assumed by the people that are talking about it. They're like, we don't have to, yeah, obviously we all know that it all comes back to the angels and demons, so we don't have to talk about it all the time. So if you're just sort of dipping in, you don't always see it, but it's always there in the background. Or the whole uh, uh, pedophiles keeping children in tunnels under cities, that's a satanic thing. They mention it, but you're right. We, we kind of skip over that without realising it's such a core thing. Yeah, it's... It does come back, the essential core of the QAnon thing is this battle between good and evil, which is just a very biblical thing in the first place. Hmm. Now, I became very aware as I was putting together the clips for this that are we mocking a woman? Is this mocking potentially mental illness? And do we want to medicalise this? And that's another whole thing. Um, I'm hoping... We're just mocking the belief system um, and we're like two blokes talking about this. So, you know, of course we're going to say that. But, yeah, how do you feel about that? It is something that I've given a lot of thought to <laughs> just because, yeah. like, I've been putting this stuff up and I've I've stopped and I've thought, you know, is this the right thing to do? And I think when I look at people who are spreading this stuff, I think it's fairly clear usually when there's – mental illness involved Mm. and because the weird thing about QAnon and all of this stuff is that it's so that it's a real gray area between this and mental illness if you look at if someone said to you 20 years ago oh I'm getting secret messages from the president they're telling me Mm. that there are children underground and that we need to rescue Mm. them you'd say okay you're schizophrenic but in 2020 they can pull out their phone and say, here's the message I got from the president. This is a real message yeah. that someone has sent. As the president, yeah. Yeah. And you also see there's a lot of, like, numerology gets involved. So someone will say, all right, you know, Donald Trump tweeted this. If we take the capital letters from his tweet and we run it through a gematria system, that's like ancient Jewish numerology, mm-hmm. and we see what those numbers are and then we see, all right, those numbers also add up to this other word then 
that's the secret message that Donald Trump was trying to send us. Now, again, that's something that sounds like someone's having an episode, but they've learned how to do this from a YouTube tutorial. <laughs> like, someone has told them how to do it. Yeah. W- what we've seen with QAnon and so things since COVID is that people fall down these rabbit holes so quickly. And mm. there's this really quick radicalization process, I guess you could call it. And what I see again and again is that everyone who's doing this was already sort of primed for it. They already had some sort of conspiratorial belief. Maybe it was just like one little thing that they believed and that makes it a lot easier to believe other things down the track, especially when you suddenly have a lot of free time to research them. And Mm. part of the problem with- research, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. But part of the problem with that is that it's not really that unusual to have some conspiratorial beliefs because having some conspiratorial beliefs is not really that wrong all the time. If you look at the way that things work in the world, if you look at the media or politics or, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, it's not always quite right. <laughs> There's often yeah. things that are wrong. Now, we have a framework for understanding that, but if you don't have that framework, if you don't understand why it doesn't look quite right, then neoliberalism can often look like there's something fishy going on. And so it's yeah. once, once yeah, like, yeah, yeah, one... Yeah little sort of you've got one loose thread it's easy to pull it out and have the whole thing unravel <sighs> look I, I i mean yes because once you start looking at and this takes a, a no actually no before we go down the rabbit hole i will say there are men in this and the flavor of male participation i was talking about this with someone today when i mentioned we were going to be talking that the style of men's participation seems to be a little different, that men are much more about secret government control taking away our rights. The women are much more about connections, obviously the the child abuse, secret rings, the spiritual aspects, the religious aspects, or am I am I off the mark there? No, I think I think you're onto it. There is a sort of with the men, there is, a, I guess, a toxic masculinity that comes into play mm. where I guess... <laughs> yeah, um, go on. We're, we're about to hear that, but go on. You've got a, you've probably got a lot of guys who haven't been told no before. <laughs> and now, you know, with COVID, they're being told, all right, you have to do this this way, and they don't like being told mm. what to do. Well, here's a guy called Thanos. Uh, yeah, this is, this is amazing. Is that how we're just meant to function now? So, so no, don't question anything, no matter how ridiculous and tyrannical it is. Don't question it. You stripped us of our ability to, to arm ourselves. You've stopped the ability for people to be able to go and buy ammunition even. Right? And I'm not saying this because of the fact that I'm trying to invoke a sort of mentality in people. I'm saying this as a concerned man who's afraid, who's scared of what's coming. That's dangerous. Now, apart from the fact that there's an Australian, I assume, complaining about his gun rights being taken away, um, he sounds really dangerous. He's sounding like quite agitated there. 
Yeah, if uh, if your guns hadn't been taken away already, they would be now. I guess that's all going back to you know Port Arthur. These complaints, and it's like this guy would be I don't know in his thirty late thirties, thirties, yeah, or in there, yeah, so around there. He's not old. Him, he's not totally he young, had, but he's not old. He's never had guns. <laughs> no. Like they, well, they would ta- they would ta- he may have gone somewhere in a pub car park and obtained a gun. We don't know that, but officially, no, he doesn't have a gun. Yeah, but the, I mean, his gun rights were taken away before he could have ever owned he a gun. He was born. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, a lot of this stuff sort of just gets transplanted from the US where they have this constant anxiety about having their guns taken away. And so it does ring a little odd here because, you know, we don't have these insane gun rights. <laughs> <laughs> Back to QAnon. Okay, we've mentioned them. Where do, where do you start explaining QAnon for people who are relatively new to it? I guess this is the sort of problem you mentioned up the top is that to understand this stuff, you have to understand so much dumb shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you, ha- you have to know about so many different weird things. I guess QAnon, uh, it's a conspiracy theory that popped up a couple of years ago on 4chan, uh, which is an image board, which is popular <laughs> with uh, people uh, that are a little bit edgy. There's it's got a reputation for being associated with child pornography. Uh, it also had a bit of a reputation for people getting on and saying that they were a secret FBI agent or a secret spy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm letting you guys know on this weird internet image board what's really going on. And mm-hmm. often people on 4chan would play along with it. I don't know if they would always believe it. So what happened is someone jumped on and they said, I'm a, uh, I am a secret agent with Q security clearance and, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to be arrested. Uh-huh. Uh, Donald Trump's not really being investigated over Russia. Uh, in fact, he's secretly working with Robert Mueller and they're working to bring down the deep state. And it might have just ended there, but I think, I think the accepted sort of what happened is that uh, some YouTubers got onto it and started putting it out on YouTube and it sort of got uh. a, this older milieu involved so suddenly had these older people who'd been cooked by 20 years of post 9-11 fox news (laughs) seeing this stuff and getting onto 4chan and it sort of just spiraled out of control and it's gone through a lot of different iterations there's all sorts of little factions and things there's the people that think jfk jr is still alive and is going to come back and run for president with uh, trump you've got (laughs) people who bring a lot of angels (laughs) and demons into it Uh, there's all sorts of Different things. Oh, there's the time traveler faction. Oh, yeah. There's a guy that says, uh, I'm Q. Uh, in the future, I become Q. And right. I, I travel back in time to now <laughs> and post the stuff. So it's not <laughs> it's not me posting it. It's me from the future. Come back in time to post it. But I'm right. That's me. <laughs> so there's a lot of different factions. And you might think, oh, well, that's fine. People can have the silly little thing. But it sort of became... A bit of a problem. Uh, Cam, you spend a lot of time down these rabbit holes. Why is that? Well, I guess because it became a bit of a problem, I think it is worth being down the rabbit holes and seeing what's going on. 
being able to understand what's going on. I think knowing what's happening is helpful for not becoming radicalized by it. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not especially worried about myself, you know, actually falling down the rabbit hole, but it, by understanding it, I can help other people <laughs> sort of avoid mm. that, I hope, a little bit. But yeah, it's at its core, it's a there's this real anti-Semitic and yeah. far-right ideology that's pushing this stuff. Because the other thing is, of course, it's all just sort of taking ancient blood libel and updating it with a Matrix background. And so I think that's worth paying attention to. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we... Oh, God. So I knew this would happen because I, I still want to say Agenda 21, Soros funding it all. Um, yeah. Uh, look, how how about I end this segment with a little bit more from Fiona McMurdo. Here she is. Put all your religious dogmas down. Put all your political dogmas down. Put it all fucking down and tell me that you cannot see, feel and hear that Satan has been running amok. There are people here, parents here, who are learning that their grade three children can't read a clock correctly because they've been taught it incorrectly. Uh, I mean, do I really need to cite you any other examples of Satan ruling this world right now? <clears throat> Nobody is preparing to fight anything underground as in an anon, a normal person. The military were trained to fight in the tunnels. They've been doing it, all right? And you've had all the psyopy shills on one hand, virtue signalling you to stay home and do what the government tells you because we're saving the fucking children, right? And then you've got the fucking virtue signallers on the other, other side going, stay home, wear your mask, don't breathe, right? because we're virtue signalling. So everyone's caught between this shit sandwich that they just don't understand. Hence their brain hurts. Hence they're losing their shit. Hence they watch idiots like, you know, the list is endless, right? I mean, the list is endless. <clears throat> because they don't understand. They're caught in between a shit sandwich of virtue signalling. And it's all a lie. It's all an illusion. It's all bullshit. This is information warfare. This is a war on your fucking mind. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, by the way, have you noticed how the first letter on a standard keyboard is Q? Q, right? It's right there in the open. Before we go uh, any further, Cam, uh, it is the first time you've been on the pod. Not, not that I'm implying there will ever be a second time. Don't <laughs> get too keen. But it does mean we should plug all the things you do. So how about a sentence or two on each of these or two sentences? Okay, so... A 3CR program, that's 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, Yena Pasaran. What's that about? 
Uh, that's an anti-fascist show on 3CR that I do with Andy Fleming, aka Slack Bastard. Basically, we just speak to a journalist or an anti-fascist researcher every week and see what's going on. 3CR is a fascinating little radio station. I recommend people listen to it uh, or at least check it out. Um, yeah, I'll say no more than that. Just quietly, I managed 3D radio in Adelaide for a year and was in the uh, public broadcasting kind of thing or community broadcasting quite heavily So before the ABC. Okay, right then. And then there's Rock and Roll Ate My Brain on Gippsland FM. Uh, you live down that way? I did live down that way 15 years ago, which is when I started the <laughs> show. And I've just been doing it ever since. And thankfully, I can now do it. I've been doing it remotely for a little while, so I actually have to Fair enough. head down to the studio. I, I listened to that a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember. This is it. This is the worst plug in the world. I can't remember what the theme was. I mean, it's 11 o'clock Saturday night, so, you know, I might have had a shandy or two. But what I appreciated was it really was a good flow programming, good track choice. So I intend to listen to more. There we go. Uh, Hypothopod. Uh, that is a podcast that I do, which is about conspiracy theories, uh, the Hypothetical <laughs> Institute. And oh, yes. you find that wherever you get is your that podcasts. more like the Pons Institute or the uh, first dog on the moon institute? <laughs> a, little, a combination <laughs> of the two. <laughs> so, okay. And Hypothopod, I can find that obviously in the usual places. And Gather Around Me. Uh, that is a podcast that I do with Ben Pobji uh, from oh, God. Fairfax. <laughs> so we've been <laughs> He's doing a comedian. That. Been doing that for around ten years. Oh, why did I not know about that? All right, I should listen in because he's mad. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, in the best possible way, right. So that's Yana Passaran on 3CR, Rock and Roll Ate My Brain on Gippsland FM, Hypothopod and Gather Around Me on The Pods. And finally, why are you into knock-knock jokes? I have this reputation for being into knock-knock jokes. I I wrote a knock-knock joke book once and I still have it up in my Twitter bio because I hope that at one point I will sell enough copies that I can get my first Amazon paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, okay, look, I here's the thing. It's called Hot Knockers and you do admit it's so that maybe people will buy it because they haven't read past that title. It didn't work. (laughs) Well, maybe – Maybe it's the pricing. I mean, I I bought a copy the other day, and it cost me the outrageous amount of a dollar and six cents. Yeah, I think that's Amazon has added an extra six cents there for some reason. I put it down as a dollar. <laughs> uh, okay, it costs a dollar everywhere in the world except for Brazil, where it costs four hundred dollars. Because I thought maybe some Brazilian millionaire playboy will be like, "Hmm, fascinating." Oh. Oh, is I'm this a tr- private I'm in- fantasy of yours? Or? I'm in tr- no, just I thought, you know, if there's a <laughs> Brazilian millionaire playboy, if they're looking and they're like, $400, what could this possibly be? All right, I'll buy it. And then I'll get all of that money at once. And finally, they'll release my funds. Okay, that uh, you'll find it on the Kindle store. It's called Hot Knockers. Uh, I suggest you put in Cam Smith, though, as your search term. <laughs> yes. Uh, because if you just search for Hot Knockers... Yeah. 
Yeah. As you've just heard, it was a complicated uh, business model that I cooked up. <laughs> and I will say that the book was written like over 24 hours with no sleep. All 100. Is, is, that that probably explains why it's all in capital letters. Yes. <laughs> it's called Hot Knockers, people. Yeah, g'day viewers, uh, it's Simon Mask here with uh, Simeon uh, behind me. We've just got some news, the World Health Order uh, Organisation has crumbled, they've admitted it's all bullshit. We're heading into Melbourne everybody, to 120 Racecourse Road, Flemington. Now understand we're going in there understanding that we are under oath to General Flynn, okay? We have the Australian Common Law, the Magna Carta behind us. I am now calling to every able man and woman to come to 120 Road, 120 Racecourse Road, Flemington, Melbourne. You can contact us. I'm going to put up a link to show where we are and how far we are away from that address. I'm going to post it on here. Um, we're going to meet around the corner and we're all going to go. Any police, any armies there, they're going to be disarmed by us peacefully with words. There's to be no anger, no shouting, no nothing. I'm going to go forward. I know how to do it. You need to trust in me, knowing that Simeon and I both believe in what we're doing and we know that we're in the right and we're protected by God. Now's the time, people. Get down there if you're in Melbourne. Ignore them. Drive straight through. Travelling under common law. Get a pen. Write it on your windows of your car. Travelling under common law. They have no jurisdiction over you. Absolutely none. You're a sovereign of Australia. It's time we unite, and now is that day. We're leading in right now. If any other groups are in there, cool, we're going to join you. But uh, at the end of the day, we're ready to swear everybody in under Flynn. Those who come, bring your hearts with you, and your hand ready to put over it, and your other hand ready to raise to the sky and swear as God is your witness that you will remain a sovereign of this country. You will be protected by the United States military, and I'm then going to call to our army, to come back under ownership of us and protect us as sovereigns and do the job that is happening today. Have faith, we're on our way. So that's Simon Maskey. That clip is from July. I've played it before on the pod. Tell me about Simon Maskey, Cam. He's definitely a character. He's sort of a genial <laughs> QAnon Santa type. Uh, from what I can tell, at some point he used to be a mobile phone salesman. Then he was a truck driver for a number of years, and then he burst onto the scene in uh, Melbourne in July when they locked down the towers, mm. and he and a chap called Simeon Kassar uh, drove down from Canberra where they'd been to deliver uh, some sort of search warrant to the government. And uh, <laughs> as you do, so, as you do, and they drove down to Victoria to free free the towers. I, I think we call them FOI requests, don't we? <laughs> That's oh, they, they were delivering, yeah, some sort of arrest warrant or something. They they were putting the government on notice that uh, they needed to do something or other. And from there, they drove down together to Melbourne to free the towers, which was <laughs> sort of a dramatic series of Facebook lives as they drove down, and you know we. You know, the GPS says we're this many hours away from, you know, Flemington Towers. Now we're this many. And it was also, for them, they were on a quite a tight schedule because 
Simeon was very particular about doing things at certain times. So everything had to be at 11.11 or at 1.11 or 2.22. And so right. I discovered later when they sort of split up that uh, Simon Maskey uh, put up a bunch of complaints that, you know, they would often find themselves arriving just a little bit too late and would have to wait around for the best part of an hour before they did anything else, which is a little bit awkward when you sort of this crack team of super commandos. <laughs> And as we heard, they've sworn an oath to Lieutenant or Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, the US Army. Um, why why have they sworn an oath to the US uh, former US Army general? And why will the US military protect us from the Australian government? Well, General Flynn sort of has this weird position within the QAnon mythos whereby I think that it started that they sort of he, – because he was the national security advisor to Trump for about all of five minutes before yeah. it turned out that he'd been, <laughs> he'd been talking to the Russians. And oh, so that's right. Because of that, he sort of got incorporated into the QAnon conspiracy. That This is before there were children being rescued and things. This is back when it was all about, no, Russiagate is really about Hillary Clinton was the colluding with the Russians and Donald Trump is secretly working to uncover it all. And so Michael Flynn getting booted for talking to the Russians becomes part of that where, oh, he's really doing this, that or the other thing. Where it gets weird, though, is that once he's incorporated into the conspiracy, he sort of starts dog whistling to the conspiracy. And there was a uh, uh, an oath that was created uh which is essentially, you know, uh, pledging your fealty to the the real US government or whatever. And it was like a QAnon thing. This is where the where we go, one we go, all thing comes from. All right. And he he recorded himself doing this oath. Just like, oh, you know, I'm just doing a, an oath to the flag or whatever. But he knows that he's part of the QAnon conspiracy. And they they took that as I think it was intended, which is he's part of it. I don't know what he's getting out of that. So is is like is he taking the piss or I I think that at some point he must be thinking he can make a buck out of it or something. <laughs> it's really it's really quite confusing. It's the American me. way, right? Yeah. How can I make a buck out of this? Well, because there's also this thing where I guess it's weird when we look at it and the the whole idea seems quite toxic. But I guess within these US conservative circles, it doesn't have that same connotation where you might not necessarily be ending your career by jumping on board with this stuff. You might just be kickstarting it. Which is absolutely amazing. Now, I will mention very briefly, and I will link to this video, but Simon Maskey was arrested not long ago. Um, the, the video, you really need the video to see it. But what was all that about? Uh, so, I, I didn't include it in uh, the video. I can say what the charge was, if that's all good with you. Yep. All right. Well, so, the, the weird thing about this is that this guy, Simon's been, he arrives in Melbourne in July. He then spends the next few months sort of driving all over the state, <laughs> completely ignoring all COVID restrictions. And then when the police do eventually arrive at his... Uh, 
hotel door, uh, they come to arrest him for obtaining property by deception. And what? Okay, so that's <laughs> so there'd been that's this, kind some, of a whole other thing. There was yeah. some whole other thing going on. Okay, well, obviously we can't talk about that, but it's just. It, it shall we just say it's clear that he has a complicated past in some way and well we'll find out what happens when the courts start up after the lockdown I suppose um yeah yeah now the, the best I could tell he's had some traffic violations in the past like sort of I think maybe a normal amount for a trucker maybe slightly yeah. larger amount than you or I might have. But it was, mm. it was quite Particularly strange. Particularly for me because I don't have a driver's license. Then again, maybe I could clock up a few very, very quickly. The, the strange <laughs> thing is when he and Simeon Casso were running together, he would get on videos and be like, you know, we're a couple of guys with some pretty dark pasts. And <laughs> I don't know if being a mobile phone salesman is like that rougher past. Simeon did have an armed <laughs> robbery uh, conviction in his past though. And he always sort of gave off a slightly more intense vibe, I felt. Okay. Look, we get, we can look at those later. But the the next thing, uh, here again, it's like every single thing we talk about, we could talk about for an hour, except <laughs> let's just plough through. <laughs> um, this is a guy outside Victoria Police headquarters. We're doing two things. We're reporting crimes about the flu being covered up this year. The government's admitted they're not they're not doing the flu stats okay and secondly um, I'm reporting the Rainmaking Control Act which I've got in here where since 1967 1967 we've had an act of parliament allowing the Victorian government to change the weather by cloud seeding and I've done an FOI and they said they've got no archives since 1967. Someone's stolen all the documents. We've been highlighting that climate change is not only happening naturally, it's been happening by government, uh, by government alone, okay? Um, now, the third thing is we're recruiting. This has just come out. This is cops. No, this is just, I, need a, I need to go. So what do you, do you want well, to show me something and I can read it? Yeah. What's going on? Okay, this is the whistleblowers from New South Wales cops called Cops for COVID Truth. 70 whistleblowers have had enough about the lies with COVID. Yep. They don't want to do the oppressive stuff that you guys cover when people go out and protest and these cops are forced to do the orders. Yep. 70 have come out. I'm going to try and recruit Victorian police as well yep. to be whistleblowers and stand up for the lies that have been identified by the police. So this is a six-page document. This is the police. This isn't conspiracy theories. This is orchestrated by Alexander Cooney, Senior Constable from the Coffs Clarence Highway Patrol, New South Wales Police Force, Grafton Police Station. Okay, he's got 70 other signatories, we believe, and he's gone into all the signs, and he's given this to the New South Wales Police Commission of New South Wales. This is a bombshell, okay? This is a bombshell when everyone in Victoria has been absolutely massacred in the longest lockdown ever in world history. So I'll leave this one with you. Uh, I'll make sure. Have you got a card I can give you? It's a... not on me. In the, at the car, I do. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll come over. Go. Yeah, I'll come over and get it from the card, and then um, you guys really need to be on this can because. You find me on Twitter, sir. Yeah. Mark Sanamatino. Find me on Twitter. Mark. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, for a start, it doesn't sound like that guy will or even can find a journalist on Twitter, but 
Do we know who he is? This is, you know, this weird cops against COVID thing. So that guy is a guy called Peter Little or Graham Pope or Graham Little. He goes by a bunch of different oh, names. Oh, here we go. Uh, he does seem to have at some point in his life been a lawyer and he sort of is afforded a special status as something of an authority in these circles because of that. I'm not sure when that was or, you know, what his success rate was, but he's been around, he hasn't just popped up uh, since COVID. He's been around for the past few years as sort of a vaccination conspiracy guy. Okay, well, look, again, there's a lot there. Covering up of influenza stats. Covering up of stats. Uh, The Rainmaking Control Act, which I'll come back to. The idea that if there's nothing in the archives, it means documents were destroyed. And this whole cops for COVID truth thing where, oh, whoever wrote that has, quote, gone into all the science. Now... Um, I read the quote science, unquote, it's bullshit. <laughs> and then they are demanding a lot of stuff like police force employees having the choice to whether they receive vaccines or not. They believe that members of the community should also have a choice, blah, 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 that police shouldn't be forcing people to have vaccines, blah, 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 blah. Well, fine, because none of that is happening. Yes. And no one is even thinking about that happening. So... Whatever, uh, and uh, I do note, I'll link to an ABC story about that, the police are actually uh, in New South Wales. The New South Wales police are investigating, like, who wrote this and what are they on about? But this does come back to to what? It's more conspiracy theory, particularly in Victoria, which is a thing. Mm. It's well. I mean, yeah. As you said, there's a lot. The, the as you can hear, I just run out. I just keep running out of things to think, and <laughs> my brain seizes up, and then I throw to you, right? Well, the the flu stats. They, I think it's true that they're not releasing flu stats this year because I don't know if uh, he noticed, but you know, no one's been catching the flu because we've all been in, <laughs> locked inside. So yeah, that, my my that, own my own GP said that he said it's it's amazing it's everyone's in lockdown even in New South Wales and he you know is in a practice just off Oxford Street and he says yeah no one's getting the flu no one's getting syphilis no one's getting gonorrhea you know he said do you know anyone who needs a GP I've got no work yeah but people are washing their hands yeah yes good. Uh, the you, you mentioned, you know, these things aren't, weren't in the archives. That doesn't mean that they were destroyed. It just means that whatever you've asked for either never existed or you've asked for the wrong thing. I see this a lot when they're doing freedom of information requests where they'll put in a request like, I want to know of every 100% independent study into the safety of vaccines that shows that they're 100% safe. And they get a response saying that those documents don't exist. And they say, well, that just proves it, doesn't it? (gasps) Well, no, there's no study. It's because you don't know how to do FOI requests. Yeah. Yeah. There's not going to be a study that says anything is 100% safe. And all of these things are, you know, they're going to have some sort of corporation involved or some sort of government involved. And that'll all be in the actual studies and we'll have all of those uh, conflicts will be noted. 
So the same thing has happened here with the uh, the Rainmaking Control Act of Victoria, uh, nineteen sixty seven, which I've just read, by the way, um, because I'm that tragic. Um, all it really says is that if you want to do rainmaking in Victoria, you need to have authorization from the minister. I forget which minister, but you have to have approval. And if you do it without approval, you'll be done. And uh, that if there are authorizations to do this, then there has to be an annual report. Now, I suspect this guy has gone, tell us all about rainmaking. And they've said, well, we don't have that. If you say, can I have the annual reports to Parliament of uh, actions under the uh, Rainmaking Control Act 1967 between the dates of blah and blah, then you might get something like a nil return, but probably not because in the later 1960s and early 1970s, the whole concept of rainmaking fell into disrepute. I think... I'm not entirely sure about what he's trying to achieve by getting the, the facts on the Rainmaking Control Act. I think it's either that it was a, a rainy day when they were having a, an anti-lockdown protest and he thought that it maybe that was a setup, but that it also that then the government could be, you know, put in, let off in chains because they didn't go through the proper procedures to make it rain. Or there's some sort of weird chemtrail thing going on where someone is also not getting permission to spread their chemtrails properly. <laughs> Or, or that, of course, the climate is changing because the government is changing it. Yes. <laughs> it, it is a strange thing. Um, yeah, by the way, um, I did read the Act and I won't quote the section numbers because it's off my screen at the moment, uh, but essentially it describes rainmaking activities as happening, uh, cloud seeding, etc., from a manned, orth, uh, a manned aircraft. So it's defined as activities from a manned aircraft, right? If you've got a drone, get out there and seed your clouds. Yeah. Because the Act doesn't cover it. Just go off. Yeah, this is not legal advice. <laughs> but, but it appears to be a loophole in the act which hasn't been looked at in half a century. So go for it. Um, band company director Jamie McIntyre. Here's a clip from him. Dan Andrews, you're a Muppet. We know that. Uh, you're not fit to, to be Premier of the Victoria. Uh, as I said before, clear warning, you need to leave. You should need to flee Victoria while you can. Uh, do you think you're ever going to be able to live and remain in Victoria uh, even after your Premier, which your, your days are numbered? Like You won't be Premier for that much longer uh, because it's only a matter of uh, a week or two away where Victorians are going to storm your residence and drag you out and... Uh, God knows what's going to happen to you, but I don't think anyone's going to show any sympathy to you. They do the same things to you that you've done and had the police force violently do to innocent Victorians. Uh, you should leave and flee like you've had your, your family apparently allegedly flee to Queensland. Uh, I can say, Dan Andrews, it's not safe for you to flee anywhere in Australia. You need to go back to your masters in China and try and seek protection from the Chinese communist regime. The people you answer to are maybe billionaire George Soros uh, has a spare house to hide you in. Uh, because we do not like traders or people that are treasonous to our country. And uh, let me make it clear, you need to leave. Victorian police, uh, we're going to have you charged, arrested, 
when a new global system comes into power, we're not going to tolerate your behaviour. Uh, you uh, swear an oath to be loyal to the Australian people, and now the way you're treating them is simply not called for uh, over a... Uh, over a virus that might be real, and we know it's real, no doubt, because it's made in a lab. <laughs> it uh, has its patent number, so it's pretty easy to confirm if it's real, uh, but clearly a pandemic that is fake. We have a lot of this. We have so many people thinking that Dan Andrews, Premier of Victoria, has created some sort of dictatorship and somebody, not entirely clear who, is going to drag him out and throw him in jail. Yeah, or Why? at best throw him, throw him in jail. Well, yes, just behead him. Yeah, Jamie's a, he's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> where, uh, as I'm, as <laughs> they're I'm, all interesting. As I've said, he's a band company director. He ran a bunch of land bank schemes uh, oh, in hello. Victoria. <laughs> uh, if you if you look him up, there's a few articles in the Age that go into it, but I. Th- could see someone like him glomming onto this movement because they might be easy marks, but I think he genuinely is also cooked. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he he does. If you watch the video again, links on the website. Uh, as an aside, all of the links are Cam Smith on Twitter, and then I think. But if you scroll through them, you'll find the correct one. He's kind of pacing around with a certain energy. If you know mm. what I mean, that says he's he's a believer, but at the same time he's pacing around poolside at a hotel yeah. where yeah. in Brisbane, he, in Brisbane where he lives. <laughs> so why is he at that hotel? And is it, I my impression was it was to give a subtle hint to his followers that are you know I'm quite successful. So even when he's, I will double check because you were proud of your open source intelligence. Getting the shots and going, yeah, analysing the camera angles, that's at that hotel. It's There's not an apartment building nearby or anything like that? Oh, no, it's 100% that hotel. Okay. But it's <laughs> even, as he's, even as he's a true believer, he's still doing a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of the shuck and jive. He's seeing there's a grift in here somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, but he at the same time he does genuinely think that this stuff is going to happen. So, he's a complicated character. Uh, and he's been, he's been pushing conspiracy. He runs a, a he ran a newspaper. It was a uh, the Australian National Review, which was an actual print publication for a while. It still has a website, but he's been pushing conspiracy theories and I guess fake news for a long time since before right. we were calling it fake news. And and I just keep seeing these consistent character traits in various players in this, right? Like here is a guy, I'm just pausing because I'm reflecting on Australia's robust defamation laws. (laughs) Uh, Here is a guy with a a complicated and occasionally over-the-edge business past. Uh, there are other people with backgrounds which, oh, no, I'm going to bail out of all of that. <laughs> well, I could, maybe I could rescue it. One sort of thing Go that I it. see a lot of these people having in common is some sort of background in MLMs, multi-level marketing schemes. 
Oh, right. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure why. I mean, and land banking is sort of an MLM, uh, yeah. for, at least for the people that are <laughs> you know, getting sucked into it. I think part of it is just that the skill of being able to onboard a lot of information that doesn't quite make sense and then impart it to a lot of people as rapidly as you can seems to be transferable. But yeah, there's, and there's in something... part, the rules don't apply to me. Yeah, it's or something. That, the whole the whole QAnon thing is sort of is like an M. It's like a pyramid scheme where you're trying to get to that that next level. Ah, of understanding, of enlightenment, mm. of seeing through the lies to what is really going on. Exactly. Ah. On a more personal note. Okay, for me, it's day 240 of what I'm calling my quarantines, which is pretty lame by comparison to Victoria. So it's 34 weeks, but that's two-thirds of a year. You are in Victoria, the state most heavily hit by the COVIDs. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I've been lucky. I can work from home. I, uh, I've essentially have been in the house since March. I've, when we opened up, <laughs> yeah. I visited family uh, like twice. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, I haven't really gone anywhere. I just got a new car battery today because my uh, I couldn't even unlock my car. That's how dead the battery was after not driving for seven months. I hear that's a big thing. Yeah, dead car batteries because no one's going out. Yeah. So looking forward to we've, – we've just hit the baker's dozen of uh, double donuts. So mm. looking forward to being able to go out and maybe even see a movie. Wow. Wow. For people listening to this in the future or from outside Australia, a double donut means there have been no new cases of COVID-19 that day and no deaths from COVID-19. Have I got that right? That's right. Excellent. So, all hail Victoria for, yeah, having a lockdown that actually made this possible because it all could have gone very, very bad. We've got, I think we've got three active cases still. And so there's a lot of pressure on those people. <laughs> Get better. Yeah. Meanwhile, the United States had, as we record this, 140,000 new cases today. That's it's sort of mind-boggling. I, I saw that in one city, I think it might have been Detroit or somewhere, they found like a fifth of people <laughs> in the city. Yeah. It's just insane. I've mentioned this before, but just to let you know, I have a mate in Washington, D.C., his landlady who's a black American woman of a certain age, so she's seen a lot in her life. She has lost three relatives uh, as of the last time I checked. You know, it is real. Um, well, let's brought it down a bit. Look, um, let me let me end this segment with something heartwarming. Uh, a guy called James Batalo. Uh, he is described as a conspiracy theorist. Is that the best way to describe him, Ken? Yeah, I would say so. He has a, a wide range of diverse beliefs. <laughs> Yeah, right, and he's also a bodybuilder, which harks back to your comment about toxic masculinity mm. uh, because, of course, yeah. Look, anyway, he is definitely of the Soviet citizen persuasion. Here's what happened when the cops turned up on his doorstep early one September morning. 
Excuse me. Open the door. What, what's the problem? No, you don't. You don't have authorization to be on the property. Open the door or force it. You don't have authorization to be on the property. You are illegally trespassing and you will be charged. Well, show me the search warrant. Hold on, you're not just gonna. If if you do break anything, you will be prosecuted. Yeah, I'm listening. Mm, no, you're trespassing. Yeah, you've rocked up. I was on the toilet. Yeah, I've just gotten up. What? 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 Are you gonna open the door? Yes or no? Give me a minute. No, now. Well, what is this in regards to? What's it in regards to? You haven't told me anything. Incitement for what? You know, you've been dealt, you've spoken to your colleagues on the online, I know. I told them not to go to the protest. Well, come and tell that, me that. Well, I'm telling you right now, I can speak to you right now. Open the door, now. Why do you want me to open the door when I'm speaking to you guys right now? Why? What, what, just explain what you're doing first, and then perhaps I'll comply easily. But you're just yelling, you, you've got people everywhere. Explain. Explain, just talk to me properly. Like, what, what is going on? You've just rocked up with force, got no idea, like early in the morning. Can you just explain and then I will open the door? What, 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 what's it to do with? Yeah, hold on. What's it to do with though? What have I done? No, you didn't tell me. Wait. Yeah, okay, search warrant for what? What, what? what are you suspecting me of doing? Yeah, to do with what? No, if you, if you do that, I will charge every single one of you. I'll take you to court and you're going to lose. Look, look at that no trespassing sign, yeah? There's seven court case precedents from the Supreme and High Courts of Australia. You said you're coming down, you're not? Yeah, because I'm trying to talk to you first. You're not telling me what you're doing. Yeah, what's a search warrant for what? what? What gives you the authority to have a search warrant? Whoa, you do that. You know what? Leave my shit. Don't break my stuff, you shit. Hey, stop breaking my shit. Leave my shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. All right, stop. I'll, I'll get on Stop. Okay, then. Uh, yeah, we're pretty much an hour into this podcast, so it's uh, time, I think, to do the housekeeping. Uh, I mean, you know how this goes, right? It's thank you to all of you all of you generous listeners who make this podcast possible. Uh, This episode, uh, yes, again, it's thank you to all the people who contributed to the 9pm end of Spring Series 2020. There were 90 of you, which still blows me away. You're all listed on the website, uh, except if you didn't want to be. So thank you again. And this episode especially, it's thanks to Frank Filipponi, a long a uh, long-time supporter of the pod uh, who has inserted his brain into... Ooh, can you hear that thunder in the background? Wow. Uh, if you can't, uh, 
we've got a thunderstorm up here in the Blue Mountains uh, today. Uh, anyway, Frank Filipponi has inserted his brain uh, through uh, a trigger word. That's coming up shortly. And also, uh, thank you to two people uh, who've uh, come in uh, for this episode as well. Uh, Jupe the Wit, who, mate, you are always so generous. Thank you. And Carletta Abianak, uh, I hope I've got the pronunciation right, who says, thanks for talking with people who aren't taking shit from the Australian federal government ministers and capitalism gone wild. Do I do that? I suppose I do that. Anyway, if you would like to join these generous people, as I've said before, in this COVID year, do take care of your own people first, please. But... Uh, obviously, if you can contribute uh, to uh, to this podcast and to the the stuff I do on the line, please go to the 9pmedict.com slash tip, the 9pmedict.com slash tip. All the details are there. Uh, thank you. Just so we don't spend the entire podcast talking about conspiracies, uh, Anne Rustin, the Minister for Family and uh, Families and Social Services, had to put up uh, with this the other day. As a woman in the government, uh, your reflections on, on the culture inside, has it got better, worse or no change since the, the bonk ban era? Well, Phil, the only thing that I can... How this ban is referred to, I think, is quite dismissive of the seriousness of the issue, Phil. Um, and I would ask media to stop referring to it in that way. We took it very seriously. And I think constantly referring to it in that way dismisses the seriousness of this issue. It's a very serious issue. Thanks, Anne. Tim, what are your impressions on the culture? Well, well, Phil, I mean, obviously, I can only reflect on my own experience since I've been in this place since 2012. And, and I have to say that I have always felt wholly supported while I've been here. Uh, and I'd particularly note that, you know, since becoming a member of the Cabinet and a member of the ERC, there is nobody who's provided me more support and shown greater respect towards me as an individual than the Prime Minister. Now, there's a few things I want to say about that. A, no one was asking her about whether the Prime Minister supported her. This was all out of a, a current affairs program the other night about sexually inappropriate behaviour by other members of parliament. Second, and, and look, people do click through and look at the video because it's even more astounding. You ask a woman about how she's being treated by men in parliament and then she's immediately interrupted by the most powerful man <laughs> in the room. I also thought the interruption itself where he's saying, oh, no, this is too serious to dismissively refer to it as the bonk ban, but it doesn't seem to have been taken seriously at all. No. And and sure, you know, the media wants a little catchphrase for everything, and, and quite frankly, I don't like that. So, all oh, right, I'm agreeing with Scott Morrison, but that is not the point <laughs> at which you do that. Uh, dear. Look, Morrison is renowned for announcements and not following through. There's rather a lot. I mean, the bushfire relief, 
didn't get delivered. This is the bushfire relief for people's like whose houses were burnt down and they're living in tents and caravans. COVID relief for the arts sector didn't happen. Drought fund seven billion dollars announced. Spend two billion. I'm going to click through to a Guardian article now from just the other day. Yeah. All right, budget surplus didn't happen. We had bushfires in the COVID. The Integrity Commission, the Federal Integrity Commission, uh, announced, two, well, nearly two years ago, hasn't happened. The Recycling Fund hasn't happened. Um, I've mentioned arts. There was somehow, oh, look, just just read the thing. Is this the new reality, Cam? Is Is reality just announcements and what you say it is? Well, the beauty of it is some of these things I think were only uh, announced two or three times and we still don't even have one of them. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's the joy. Um, I know that from my own in the cybersecurity world, uh, which is some of you may know I do write about that in my, quote, day job, unquote. Um, yeah, you just you just keep announcing little incremental bits to a strategy that's already there. So let's say you've announced $800 million for something and then later you figure, oh, we also need $300 million for this thing. And suddenly it's $1.1 billion announcement. <laughs> that's that's how to do it. We're in the wrong business. But it, uh, it seems like this very Trumpian thing to just say, if, even if you don't do it, if you just say that you did, you can just say it's fake news if anyone says that you didn't. <laughs> and Yeah, you say we allocated the money. And see, Tr- Trump has more of an advantage here because he can just say the problems with the Democrat state governors, right? <laughs> they didn't follow through. Whereas in Australia, yeah, we've got fewer states and the state governors have a, a higher profile nationally. So, yeah, he can't, he can't really pull it off, but I think he tries. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, I will say um, the thing on which that was based uh, or what Morrison is reacting to is uh, a Four Corners episode from Monday night. Inside the Canberra bubble, Liberal ministers' relationships with staffers prompted bonk ban. Um, I will say Porter and Tudge sounds like the worst detective <laughs> duo Ever. They're from Manchester and we're investigating fraud. We're Porter and Tudge. Oh, dear. Harken back to my FBI days, and I'm going to do that again if you'll allow me, which is this. We're coming very close. Well, we're coming very close to having what the Bureau calls a barricaded subject. Uh, the barricaded subject is in the White House. And what we saw the, pres- the president-elect do today was right on the money with regard to initial negotiation with a barricaded subject. Here's why. We saw a very calm Joe Biden today. We saw him essentially shrugging off that he doesn't yet have the money uh, or the keys to open transition offices. He shrugged off the fact that he's not getting the classified briefing. His staff isn't getting access to classified and briefings from the various agencies. That is exactly what you do in the initial stages. Whoever's advising him is doing it right. You want to you let that barricaded subject know that this is going to be okay. 
I'm going to listen to what you have to say. You can vent and vent and vent. You can call me names and not acknowledge my authority outside the perimeter here. But eventually, we're going to get this done. And eventually, in this case, Nicole, there's going to be a time where Joe Biden calls the SWAT team. It may be a legal challenge to the GSA refusal to acknowledge him as winner. Um, it may be that U.S. Marshals have to come take the president out. And as we say to a barricaded subject, we can do this the hard way or we can do this the easy way. But so far, so good with the way that Joe Biden is handling this. So that's Frank Figliuzzi, a former FBI agent, now a national security analyst for someone, anyway, who was on MSNBC the other day. Things I immediately noticed about that, yeah, he knows how to do this. You, you notice how he said, comma, Nicole, at some point. His training was in the whole, yeah, drop, drop the person's name <laughs> regularly. Uh, that's how you do it. But wow. Joe Biden apparently is handling Donald Trump as it like in a hostage situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he may well be. This is I think yeah. It's hard to tell whether we're we are witnessing a coup <laughs> of sorts. Whether he will well, ever concede or if they are going to try and pull out some sort of weird 11th hour legal challenge to throw out a bunch of mail in balance. Well, I'm I'm to go I'm oh, fuck it. I'm going to go Godwin on this and I can say this because I do have permission from Mike Godwin himself, bracket see a previous episode of this podcast when he was my guest. The what became the Nazi Party was founded in 1929. It was like an entire decade before we ended up having World War II. If you look at the way that was all spread out, it started in so many subtle, uh, subtle ways. You saw, you know, brown shirts causing problems in a bar and then it was this and then it was that and it built up. So without going down that rabbit hole too much... I mean, what do you call an extra constitutional attempt to remain in power after an election has a clear result? That's a coup, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think at this point, there's sort of debates about, is Donald Trump a fascist? Uh, especially amongst <laughs> scholars of fascism. And I was, Yeah, I, I, I was, don't – does this matter? Well, I was speaking to uh, David Nywert a few months ago and mm. he was saying, look, he doesn't quite meet the definition of a fascist for me because he's not hasn't mobilised, for example, an extra, para, extra parliamentary paramilitary force. And then, <laughs> and give, then, give it 20 minutes. Give it 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you had in the debate, you know, the Proud Boys stand back and stand by. It's like, well, I think yeah. he sort of crossed the, the Rubicon there. Yeah. 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 And, and so, A, yes. And, and, and look, B, when I talked about that it took 10 years for fascism to really reach its, its critical point in Germany. I remember writing years ago, look, anyone broadly who is fighting against authorities, not even against authoritarianism, but like it's it's the student rebellion that, oh, they're all fascists, you know. Um, no, can we reserve that word for when we actually need it? Yes. Um, I think we're there now. 
I really think we're there. And I think even if he does eventually concede and, you know, or he doesn't concede, but, you know, Joe Biden takes the presidency anyway because he's won the election. <laughs> because as our FBI friend or former FBI friend said just before, you just send in the US Marshals to take him out, by which I mean escort him out of the White House, not snipers. But but even if that all happens, this is setting up the next 10, 15 years of culture war. Well, that's one of the things I was going to say. Where do we go from here? And I'm just thinking about this. The, f- the future is, right, in four years' time, there will be people fighting for the lost election. I mean, if people are saying 9-11 was an inside job and that's 19 years ago, if people are saying the moon landings were fake and that's more than 50 years ago, how long will this fake news about a stolen election persist in the American psyche. I feel like it's going to be here for a while. If you, yeah. like, if you look at stuff about, you know, the moon landing or the Kennedy assassination or whatever, these things have persisted, but, you know, they're stuck inside books, whereas now you can switch on the news. And, I mean, Fox News has been given props for, you know, calling – states properly and things, but they have also had people on who are saying, yeah, there's this conspiracy theory that uh, Joe Biden had some sort of supercomputer which was swapping the votes. So part part of the... (laughs) Part of the conspiracy is that the reason that, like, I don't know uh, what I don't know whether you work with computers, but I do, and like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you, you want to try and get that to work. Well, part of the conspiracy is that rather than just putting in, you know, a certain number of fake votes and being like, I hope that's enough, that they waited until they saw how many votes Trump got, and then they've cooked up the uh, the fake votes, and that fits with the actual narrative, which is that mail-in ballots were counted later because Republicans uh, blocked them from being counted earlier. Or state laws or whatever. I mean, we do the same in Australia, right? On election night, we count the ballots from the boxes and then once they're done and if it's not too late and people don't, like, need to go home because they have lives, then you start on the postals and start opening them up. But once it hits, fuck it, we've got a result, or close enough, can we all go home and start again on Monday? Mm. But I, I guess the point is you can watch people talking about this on Fox News right now where they're saying, you know, this is, you know, this I, I worked for the NSA and we developed this program and this is what they must be using, blah, blah, blah. All of that footage is going to stay <laughs> at uh-huh. a, a finger, you know, a mouse click away where there are people talking about 9-11 where, you know, Building 7 at the World Trade Center <sighs> was called early. You know, I think it was someone said, oh, Building 7 has fallen down and it hadn't fallen down yet. And 20 years later, that's held up as proof that uh, they knew what was going to happen and it was all fake. And that's one tiny little archival news clip. With There's this just reams of information that are going to feed the stuff for years and years. One thing I love about the jet fuel can't melt steel beams idea There's a lovely clip. I'm going to have to find this now, aren't I? But there's a fantastic clip by a blacksmith, you know, big, bulky, big, bearded man from somewhere in the south of the United States who goes, yeah, steel doesn't melt till that temperature, but let me show you. Here is my forge. 
which gets to this temperature. Here is a steel bar and it doesn't have to melt. It just gets soft and he just bends the thing in his hand and goes, yeah, any questions? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, just ask a blacksmith about how, uh, look, I don't know. I think we've been chatting a while. I'm going to end it with um, one of the listener trigger words. We've only got the one this week. Come on, you people. You paid to have trigger words in sets of three. And, look, thank you for the money, obviously. But you can then, like, you can then do something with it. But, look, Frank Filipponi has been a, a long-time supporter of the pod. Uh, he's just posed the trigger word democracy question mark in all that's happened i mean do we have a risk do we have such a polluted information space now i th- the democracy is threatened i think undoubtedly yeah. <laughs> yes uh mm. we i mean we saw trump as a direct result of it and there's been various efforts to curtail it, but I think that part of that was because the tech companies saw which way the wind might be going. Uh, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually. But uh, it's what can be done with the technology is just so powerful. <laughs> if we look mm. at, you know, mm. if you look into Cambridge Analytica and the sort of huh. psychometric yeah. analysis that they were doing on people, if you look at a... What's that facial uh, Clearview AI, the facial recognition company? Yeah, this all pervasive oh, corporate. Yeah, they need to be rounded up and uh, <laughs> uh, rounded up. Yes, there's just um, insane stuff happening. And yeah, I don't know if the uh, the democracy. I saw someone describe it this way: the democracy algorithm may not be more powerful than the Facebook algorithm. Wow, that's a fantastic quote isn't it? Uh, look, you've hinted at this, Cam, the future. How do you – I mean, how will this evolve now that – I mean, Trump has cl- clearly lost the election. So this is kind of in two parts. One, what happens between now and the 20th of January? And what happens after that you've kind of hinted at. I've spoken with John Birmingham a couple of times on this and, you know, he and I are both, you know, roll out the Civil War enthusiasts even though we – we aren't because obviously we don't want that to happen. But wow, how? What are your feels, Cam? Well, I'm. I guess I'm a pessimist. I, I still <laughs> think that there's a chance that they might tr- just try and pull a Swifty. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh. they're clearly they're clearly trying to. And oh yeah, I guess. What we've seen with all of these things is the they can seem quite ridiculous, and still turn out to be very dangerous. Uh, so I, yeah. Oh, when Joe Biden's putting his hand on you know, Capital One and Two and swearing his oath to Karl Marx on January twenty one, I'll believe it. <laughs> but um, <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure in terms of QAnon. That's going to be interesting what happens <laughs> now that, you know, the authoritarian strongman who it's sort of all hung on is uh, presumably out of the picture. 
And I'm not sure if it's just go- they're just going to go into a full alternate reality where they don't accept that he's no longer the president or what will happen there. But it's going to be interesting. <sighs> Maybe we live in interesting times. Uh, and on that note, Cam Smith, may you join me in interesting times in the future. Thanks so much, man. That was fun. A pleasure. Let's make the US great. Then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Injection inside or, or almost a clearing.
That song is by an Australian artist called Casper. It's called March of the Mindless. So, yeah, Casper, C-A-S-P-E-R. Check out his stuff on the Sheep Tunnel, you know, the Tube of Use. Come on, come on, people. You're better than this. That's the edict for now. Obviously, all the links, you know where they are, the9pmedict.com. Go there, tip, like, subscribe, send money, do the things. Uh, the next episode will be with Upali Divisekra, science person. That should appear next Thursday night. Until then, I'm Stilgarian. Wash your hands. The 9pm Edict is a Skank Media production. Sorry. I just want to say to all these Serbs out there, the Greeks out there, you so-called believers who go to church uh, twice a year, you are fucking a disgrace. You're a fucking disgrace, okay? If you are prepared to sit there and stand with Dan, are you fucking for real? You want the mark of the beast? Don't call yourself a fucking Serb. Don't say you are orthodox. Don't say you believe in God. Because you believe in the devil. You've taken the devil's path, mate. you got the fucking mask on. You're waiting for an injection to fucking save you, yeah? A vaccine's going to save you. You don't know what's in a vaccine, do you, you dumb asses? Do you have kids? Do you know anyone with ADHD, DHD, whatever the fuck they call it? Autism? Yeah? How many friends do you know? that have that. I'm sure if you did the math and calculated it, it's around about vaccination time, yeah? When I was at school, we didn't have any kids with ADHD or freaking autism. I think there was one girl that was allergic to chocolate. That was it. That was it. Now, every second kid has got autism or is allergic to something. What do you fucking think it is? What do you think it is? Can't be the vaccine. Oh no, the government loves us, yeah? Your fucking grandparents tell you don't take vaccines. Your grandparents, people who grew up after the war, yeah? They knew their plans, you dumb fucks, but you don't. I'm shaking because I'm so fucking mad. I'm mad at you so-called God believers. What do you believe in? You don't believe in God. You believe in Dan. You believe in a fucking vaccine. I don't. And if you're a Serb, if you want to call yourself a brother, a mother, a father, you need to stand with me and my kids and what we believe in. And we believe in God. And we don't want your fucking vaccine. All right? And I'm sick of you fucking dumb fucks that think the vaccine's an answer and everything's going to go back to normal. It's not going to go back to normal, you fuckheads. Fuck they normal. tell you every day it's not going back to normal. This is the new COVID normal.